getting in my pickup to come up here this morning. My phone rang. I just got through eating a big breakfast. Brother Kevin asked me what I preach this morning. My breakfast began to turn over a time or two. But uh, I get nervous every time I preach. I don't want to take it for granted. I'm glad to be here this morning. Appreciate the good singing. And I'm envious of the young man playing the guitar. My wife bought me a guitar three or four years ago, and at 70 years of age, I don't think there's a musical bone in my body. I still don't know how to play it. <laughs> but I'm glad those that do know how can make beautiful music. I'm glad God's still good to us. The last three or four years, God has had us out of the pastorate, uh, filling in various places. We've been busy doing that. There's hardly very few Sundays went by where I was not preaching somewhere. I preached a revival at Lantrop Baptist Church over in the edge of Calhoun County back last fall, and the man there that unknowings to me the pastor of the church had invited him to come to hear me he was from Friendship Baptist Church just east of Vardaman Mississippi so through all that we were invited to come and preach and my wife and I walked into the church that morning both of us felt God say this is where we want you to be I preached that morning and there was an 80 something year old lady I went around shaking hands after the service and she said, I tell them they need to lock the door and not let you out. God's been good to us. I give him the glory for it. I've been burdened for the last few days, few weeks, months. I believe we're living in the great falling away time. People are leaving the church. People are not interested in the things of God in these days. I heard a lady on the radio say one time that uh, we don't get off the sidewalk, we'll not find the new paths. I think that's where we got it all off in the ditch. We've gotten off the sidewalk. We need to remember the days of old and consider the years of many generations. I sat there last night during the preaching and worship time and I seen hands lifted the dear old saints of God thinking where is the worship gone in the younger generation I'm glad there's some young folks here today to hear the word of God and hope you didn't come to see me because you're not looking at anything this morning but if you come to see him that's greater than all, you'll leave rejoicing. If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 23. Second Samuel chapter 23, begin reading at verse number 8.
Second Samuel chapter 23. The Bible says in verse number 8, these, these be the names of the mighty men of David had, or whom David had. The Tecmanite sat in the seat chiefed among the captains. The same was Adonai, the Enzanite. He lift up his spear against 800, whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahorite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defiled the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistine upon, until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to the spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Ag, the Hurrite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. I want to preach for a little bit this morning with this thought in mind. Standing in the pea patch for God. Standing in the pea patch for God. Let's pray. Father, I sure do love you this morning. Thank you for first loving us. Thank you for the privilege to assemble together with the saints of God and worship you and praise you in song and worship this morning. Thank you for your word this morning, how it speaks to our hearts. And pray, God, that you'll just uh, embed it in our hearts, Lord, that we might not sin against thee. I ask God that you stir our hearts in these days for the things of God and Lord just meet with us, manifest thyself through the preaching of your word. And God that you'd get the glory through all that's said and done. Help us this day and we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is certainly a list of all the men for that stood for King David in spite of opposition. They were outnumbered, they were outmuscled faced exhaustion, confusion, uh, but yet they stood for King David. They were fearless, courageous, steadfast. They, they, they loved their king. In fact, to be honest, and, uh, some broke through the, the lines, but verses uh, 15 and 16, uh, uh, chapter, what chapter is that? Uh, anyway, uh, I lost my place. 23, but yes, but, and got David a drink of water because David longed for that in his heart. They hazarded their lives. They hazarded their beings for their king. And certainly their example today for us is a challenge to us that to be mighty men and women for the glory of God in these days. As they were under David's guidance, uh, surely we ought to be under the divine guidance of our Heavenly Father. Every day we should put him first and foremost in our life because he's done so much for us. The psalmist said in Psalms 48 verse 14, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. God has saved us by his marvelous grace. He's brought us into the, into the realms of salvation through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross and and I'm thankful for that this morning, but, but we ought to stand in a pea patch for God in these days. Shammah here is a, 
is a great picture of that. The Bible says in verse 11, After him was Shammai, the son of Agi, the Herorite, uh, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. I'm telling you, our text, my friend, this morning teaches us that God is looking for men and women who will make a difference in our day. We ought to stand up and be accounted for the glory of God in this day. The atmosphere of our day is dominated by sin. It's dominated by darkness. We look around and we see all that's transpiring in our land today. And my friend, it's going to take us as God's children to stand in the pea patch today and fight the good fight of faith. We're to be the salt of the earth, the Bible tells us. <coughs> Can I get a a glass of water, please. Oh, here's some. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but we're to be the salt of the earth. Uh, and the Bible said we'd be the light of the world. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to trodden down under the foot of men. But he goes on to say, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. I'm thankful today that God can still use old sinners just like you and I for his honor and for his glory. There's many that's fallen by the wayside today. They're throwing in the towel. But I'm telling you, my friend, we need to stand for the glory of God in this day. We're to live our lives before our fellow men as salt. We're to live our lives by through preservation, soberness and righteousness in our, our walk with the Lord. We ought to be a light in this dark world and we ought to seek Him. Bible says, be ye there stead, be ye therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We need to be steadfast today, but there's few men and women who are willing uh, to risk being different in order to boldly stand for the glory of God. My friend, you just uh, ought to buckle down and get right with God and and stand for him in these days. God says, come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I'm telling you, my friend, we need to stand firm in this day. There's never been a darker day in which we live than that day is. My friend, there is a, a place for you to stand. There is a pea patch uh, for you to stand in this morning and to do defend. You are valuable. Uh, somebody said you are only valuable to God as you are available to God. And my friend, we need to be available. Put ourselves on the fire line, put ourselves in the forefront, put ourselves out there for God to use in these days that people can see there's something different about us. People can see and hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in these days. Jesus gave his life for us. What greater gift can we give him than to surrender our lives to stand in the field and fight and make a difference in this world until he comes. And can I tell you this morning on the authority of this word of God this morning, he is coming back. He's coming back by real soon, I believe. We're living in the last of the last days. My friend, you better be looking up. You better be getting ready. You better be standing firm in these days because in these days, we need to see him. I want to see him, don't you? Yeah, sure we do. There's three things I want to say about Shammah this morning and his uh, uh, pea patch today. Uh, first of all, there was a divine commission. A divine commission. That's the Bible says uh, 
The people fled, but he stood. God had given him a, 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 an ability to stand, and he, uh, he stood for the glory of God. Did you know that God has given us the ability to stand? He's given us the armor of God to put on. He says by Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm telling you, we ought to, uh, we ought to take under ourselves the whole armor of God and uh, put on the, have our loins girt about with the truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness, have our feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all we need to take the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the heaven of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God I'm telling you my friend if you go out in this world this world will eat you up but if you go armored in the armor of God my friend you can stand bold you can make a difference you can my friend fight the good fight of faith because my friend God's on our side this morning and thank God that he is my friend we got to have courage to stand. That's what Shammai had. Hey, the Philistines, uh, uh, I mean, the people had fled. The Philistines were coming, but yet he stood alone in the pea patch. He stood alone. And I tell you this morning, sometimes you're going to have to stand alone. You're going to have to make up your mind, my friend, and you're just going to bu- buckle down and do what God wants you to do and called you to do. And my friend, friend fight the good fight of faith uh, that you can be strong in the Lord in these days. I tell you, he had the courage to stand. I want to tell you, we fight an enemy, do we not? His name is the devil. He's old Slewfoot himself. He's a liar and a deceiver. Uh, he's out to destroy this world. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm telling you this morning, we do have an enemy, and he's out to destroy us. He's out to destroy the church, but I'm telling you, it's going to take some courage to stand in these days, and the broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go in. That world is going that way. The world is going away from God. The world, uh, the world is, uh, people are seeking the things of the world, but I'm friend, but it's going to take fortitude. It's going to take nerve to look danger in the face. Can I put it down in old Tater Field Patch, uh, uh, theology this morning? It's going to take plain old guts to stand for the glory of God in these days. When everybody's going that way, we need to make up our mind to go God's way. Stand in the pea patch this morning. Fight the good fight of faith. It's going to take some fortitude. Somebody said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I believe you will. If you got the armor of God on, you can stand this morning. We'll put our foot on the rock and make up our minds this morning to go with God and to serve Him. It's going to take courage to do it. Sure it will. But it's going to take confidence, too, to stand in the pea patch. The Bible said in verse 12, but He stood. He stood. This is where he wanted to be. This is where he thought he, this is where he had to be. Paul said in Hebrews 13, 5, For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I want to tell you, we got somebody that's with us when we stand alone in the pea patch. The people have fled from the Philistines, yet he stood alone. I friend, there's times you seem like you're all alone. You don't seem like you got any friends at all sometimes. But I'm glad we got one that's closer than a brother to us. I'm glad he'll never leave us nor forsake us. The psalmist said it's better to trust in the Lord and put confidence in man. <laughs> yes, it is. Remember what Paul said about Alexander the coppersmith? He'd done much evil to Paul. Paul said at my first answer, 
No man stood with me, but all men fled. Everybody left him. They'd run out on him. Paul goes on to say, Notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. (laughs) I'm glad. When we seem like we're out there on the forefront all alone, nobody's behind us, nobody's got our back, God is always there. He's always there. I'm glad I got the confidence in that this morning. I'm glad I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. No matter what comes, he's always there. Can I say thirdly, he had a conviction about where he stood. There was a piece of ground full of lentils. People fled, but he stood in the midst of the ground. You see, God, over in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, God had said, the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. It belonged to God. Shammah didn't want the Philistines to control what belonged to Jehovah God. The devil's not your friend this morning, my friend. He's your enemy. If you don't want Satan controlling what God has given us, we need to stand in the pea patch with convictions about us. Have a conviction about the home front. Have a conviction about marriage. It's still till death do us part. People today try it on for a little while. If it don't work out, hey, we'll go find somebody or somebody else different. No, it don't work that way. God established marriage, sanctioned it. We want to have some conviction about marriage. Now, don't throw a book at me at this next one. We need to have some conviction about our dress. <laughs> preachers ought to look like preachers. Paul said in Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. You may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We ought to, we ought to look like who we are. God's called us, set us apart. We ought to look like Men of God. We'll have a conviction about that. I've seen preachers. I'm not only just picking on preachers this morning. I'm, pre- I'm picking on everybody today. But I've seen preachers come with sweatshirts on and jogging pants. And they go out on visitation they, in their jogging shorts. I want to be a representative of the Most High God. I'm not ashamed of the calling he's put on me in my heart. I want to look like who he's called me to be, a minister of the gospel, a preacher of the gospel. You ladies ought to look like ladies. 
I'm going to stop there. Have a conviction about your heart, how you look. Lord, have a conviction about our children. Lord, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, teaching them the ways of God. Lord, have a conviction about your church. This is holy ground. I'm kind of under conviction. This is just porn of theology. I mean, this is kind of the way I think about it. You turn off that highway out yonder and the first rock you hit is holy ground. This parking lot's holy ground. This sanctuary is holy ground. And we ought to honor that. We ought to preserve that in our heart. Church today has come in a lot of places no more than a glorified country club. I've seen, I've been in churches where they drank their coffee and eat their donuts. And I'm, you know, I don't, if I'm wrong about all that, you know, just straighten me out on it. But this is whole, this is God's house. We ought to reverence it and honor it. But I guess the biggest conviction we ought to have is conviction about who we're going to serve. We ought to make up for my Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Me and my house will serve the Lord. The Bible says in chapter 22, verse 23 of 2 Samuel, the, the God of my rock in him will I trust. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. You see, he's and he alone is our God. And we're to honor him and to glorify him. Shammai stood because the piece of ground stood or he stood on was it belonged to God. And my friend, we need to stand in these days because what we have belongs to God. To worship him. It was a divine commission. But it is a decisive conquest. The Bible says, and the Lord wrought a great victory. I'm glad we only went inside. Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm telling you, there is a battle raging. And it, sometimes it just look, looks like it's dark. <clears throat> and there's no hope. There's no way of, of getting around or getting over the conflict. But rest assured, my friend, in the end, we're going to win. The psalmist said, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Remember when Moses brought the children of Israel out of bondage, brought them to the edge of the Red Sea, and it looked hopeless. I mean, there was this vast Red Sea before them. Pharaoh's armies were coming behind them. They began to murmur and complain. Moses says, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. You see, God was going to get the victory. We all know the story how he parted the waters and they walked across on dry 
ground. Somebody I've heard a preacher say, I've been with Kevin, I don't know, they walked across kicking up holy dust. I say amen. Looked hopeless, yet God gave them the victory. The enemy may seem like an insurmountable foe to us, but God still gives the victory. And he's going to deliver us one day after a while. And we're going to be in the very presence of the one who loved us and died for us. <laughs> what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. He'll deliver us. He's promised to do that. He's never failed us yet. Paul said, there is no temptation taking you such as common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. With the divine commission, there is a decisive conquest. We're on the victory side. There is victory in Jesus. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I'm glad he knows me. I'm glad I know him. 